Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of Acts. Well, hello and good morning, faithful listeners, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. I hope you have your coffee with you. I've got mine right here. I've warmed it up probably seven times since I woke up this morning. (laughs) Well, here's what happens with coffee for me. So maybe this is why I get a stomachache from coffee. I'm not even joking. I heat my coffee up in the microwave like 10 times before I actually finish drinking it. And by the time I'm done with it, it's all burned and actually kind of disgusting. But I'd rather do that than make a whole new pot of coffee because I make coffee for both my husband and I in the morning. And so after I'm done filling his gigantic to go coffee cup each day, I'm left with like one cup of coffee. And then, of course, I get distracted and it gets cold. So then I heat it up in the microwave. And then, of course, I get distracted again. And it gets cold. And so then the the cycle repeats over and over and over again. So I'm left with a very burnt cup of coffee instead of just making another pot for myself. So maybe that's the answer to why I get so many stomach aches after I drink coffee. It's probably because it's just burned and not very good by the time I'm finished drinking it. (laughs) So how do you guys enjoy your cups of coffee? Do you like black coffee? Do you like coffee with a ton of creamer in it? Or do you enjoy burned coffee? Like I apparently do. (laughs) So however you like your coffee, make sure to go grab some today because we're going to be reading Acts chapter 18 verses one through eight. It's a very short portion of scripture, but we're going to be moving into Paul in the area of Corinth. And this is a very, very important area because much of Paul's ministry was done in Corinth. And also you might recognize first and second Corinthians in the New Testament as being letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. So we're going to learn about Corinth today. So grab your Bible and your cup of coffee and let's go ahead and read this. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. as usual. After these things, Paul departed from Athens and he came to Corinth. He found a certain Jew named Aquila, a man of Pontius by race, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. He came to them, and because he practiced the same trade, he lived with them and worked, for by trade they were tent makers. He reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded Jews and Greeks. But when Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the Spirit, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Christ. When they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook out his clothing and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am clean. From now on I will go to the Gentiles." He departed there and went into the house of a certain man named Justice, one who worshipped God, whose house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all of his house. Many of the Corinthians, when they heard, believed and were baptized. So on Thursday, I made a mistake. I mentioned at the very end of the episode that Paul was not going to be done in Athens. But then we move into Acts chapter 18 today, and Paul is completely done with Athens, like like he's out of there. And I mentioned on Thursday, I was like, yeah, he's not done. He's still got some speaking engagements he's going to do. Nah, he's done. He's done in Athens, and he's moving on to Corinth. But as you guys remember, 
Paul was in Athens and he had made some disciples there in Athens. And we don't know how long exactly he was in Athens. I was trying to figure that out actually today, but there's nothing on it. It doesn't seem like he was in Athens for very long, but there were some disciples that he he made while in Athens and Paul left them to build the church. And now he's traveling to Corinth. Corinth is actually going to be the place where Paul spends a good portion of his ministry. He spends a lot of time in Corinth and Corinth was south of Athens. So if you look at a map, Corinth is on those southernmost islands of Greece. So it says here in verses one and two, after these things, Paul departed from Athens and he came to Corinth and he found a certain Jew named Aquila a man of Pontius by race who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome. So I actually looked this up and what this is referring to is a historic event that happened when Claudius was Caesar during 41 to 54 AD. I guess this Claudius Caesar guy ended up kicking out all of the Jews from Rome. But historically, we don't exactly know the reason why. A lot of people think it was because there was a lot of riots happening in Rome with the Jews. A lot of people think it was because, you know, this this Claudius Caesar was targeting Jews, which is very possible because we saw Paul himself being targeted. And of course, across history, Jews have been very much disliked just for being Jews. But Why Claudius Caesar kicked out all of the Jews from Rome is unknown. However, there is a little statement that we know of that Claudius actually wrote. He says that the reason he kicked out the Jews was because they were constantly making disturbances at the instigation of Crestus. (laughs) So the reason this is funny is because we have no clue who Crestus is. But it sounds a lot like Christ. So a lot of people think the Christian religion was beginning to spread and Claudius couldn't tell the difference between Jews and Christians. (laughs) So he didn't like Christians. He decided to kick out all of the Jews, not knowing that Jews and Christians are different. Or in general, he didn't care didn't like Jews or Christians and decided to kick them out because of that. Now, it could also be that because the Jews and the Romans didn't get along very well, there were a lot of riots that were happening in Rome. And so maybe that's why he kicked out all of the Jews. But either way, it wasn't handled very well because this Claudius Caesar ended up kicking out Jewish people who were causing no problems, who were breaking no laws, who are potentially Roman citizens and who just had Jewish parents. But I did find it very interesting, the amount of people who sided with Claudius Caesar here. When I looked up this historical event, there were a lot of people that were like, yeah, Claudius Caesar did this specifically to keep the peace. But can you imagine (laughs) what people would say nowadays if a ruler ended up kicking out an entire race of people from the nation. Can you imagine what people would say? They would be like, uh-uh, 
that's not cool. We don't do that kind of stuff around here. That's racism and that's hatred. So it was very interesting to see the amount of people that were like, yeah, Claudius Caesar was in the right for kicking out an entire religious group of people. (laughs) So I just found that rather funny. But one of the people that Claudius Caesar kicked out is named Aquila and also his wife, Priscilla. And Paul ends up meeting these two people and Aquila and Priscilla actually become pinnacles of the early church. And we don't know if they were saved before they met Paul or not. It's very possible that they were because the Christian message was really spreading at that point in time. So it is possible that Aquila and Priscilla had already accepted the gospel by the time that they moved to Corinth. But it's also possible that they met Paul and Paul ended up, you know, converting them to Christianity and they they believed the message of the gospel. But the reason Paul and Aquila and Priscilla end up meeting is because they were both tent makers, which is kind of funny. So Paul had a little side gig that he would do. He made tents on the side. (laughs) So he was a tent maker and he would do that as well as teaching and preaching the gospel. And Paul actually explains why he was a tent maker as well as preaching and teaching the gospel. So let me read where Paul talks about that. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm actually going to read it out of the NLT version. And this will be verses 7 through 12. So it says, What soldier has to pay his own expenses? What farmer plants a vineyard and doesn't have the right to eat some of its fruit? What shepherd cares for a flock of sheep and isn't allowed to drink some of the milk? Am I expressing merely a human opinion or does the law say the same thing? For the law of Moses says, you must not muzzle an ox to keep it from eating as it treads out the grain. Was God thinking only about oxen when he said this? Wasn't he actually speaking to us? Yes, it was written for us so that the one who plows and the one who threshes the grain might both expect a share of the harvest. Since we have planted spiritual seed among you, aren't we entitled to a harvest of physical food and drink? If you support others who preach to you, shouldn't we have an even greater right to be supported? But we have never used this right. We would rather put up with anything than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. So all of that that I just read to you is Paul explaining why he doesn't just accept money from the people that he preaches to, even though he has every single right to do that. He says that the reason he doesn't do that is so that he will not hinder the good news. He'd rather put up with anything. He'd rather put up with people not supporting him than for the gospel of Christ to somehow be put to shame if Paul accepts money and people look at that and they're like, oh, you know, Paul's accepting all this money from people. That must mean that he's a sham. There are some pastors out there who I'm sure I've shared with you guys on the podcast before who won't lift a finger to serve other people. My sister came on the podcast a while back and she talked about a pastor who she had encountered once in her life. This pastor had just gotten brand new shoes. So there was a spill on the floor that my sister and my brother-in-law, her husband, were cleaning up together. And apparently this pastor comes walking by in his brand new shoes and he steps around the spill and around my sister and brother-in-law and just kind of walks past. And he's like, sorry, I would help, but I don't want to mess up my brand new shoes. And obviously my sister looked at that and was like, wow, 
You know, that pastor can't even do a simple task of helping clean up a spill on the ground for fear that his brand new shoes might get dirty. And unfortunately, that is how a lot of pastors act nowadays. And I am not saying at all that you shouldn't support pastors or ministry leaders. In fact, I believe that you very well should. And Paul makes a huge argument here in 1 Corinthians chapter 9 that that is something you should do. Like it's actually a commandment that God tells you. God says, provide for your ministry leaders. Because what does Paul say here? He says, don't muzzle the ox while he's treading out the grain. In other words, you know, when an ox or an or oxen were helping the farmer with the harvest, you know, by treading out all of that grain and doing all of that hard work, it would actually be wrong and sinful for the farmer to muzzle the ox or the oxen in order so that they couldn't eat while they were doing all of that hard work. And Paul says, don't do that to your ministry leaders because they are doing hard, hard work. They should be getting their physical needs met. And it's very unfortunate because pastors and ministry leaders and youth leaders don't make a lot of money. They make almost nothing like around the world. It is abysmal. And that is unfortunately why the churches are having such a hard time getting people in these roles is because it is so hard to put work and time and effort and money sometimes into a ministry when you're not going to get any monetary or physical benefits from that ministry. It can be extremely, extremely discouraging. And so that's why Paul says, do not muzzle the ox while it's treading out the grain because that is unjust and it is unfair. However, Paul does say here, he would rather put up with anything. He would rather put up with that kind of mistreatment from the church than be an obstacle to the good news about Christ. So there's certainly a fine line. You know, pastors, when they refuse to help anybody and they refuse to do any service whatsoever, that is a sign of a very unhealthy pastor who is just looking for people to control or is looking for people to serve him. But at the same time, it's also very unhealthy to expect your pastor or ministry leader to work for free. Because if they are doing God's work, then they are doing good work and they should be paid for the work that they are doing. You know, if, if you are a ministry leader and you felt that all your efforts that you're putting into something, all your volunteer efforts are just for nothing. God sees that even if people are not giving you the appreciation that is due to you and, and the thanks that is due to you, God is looking at you and he sees the hard work that you are putting in to that ministry. So don't give up when people don't supply your needs God is going to supply your needs. He's going to supply every single need that you have. So do not give up in your ministry because if God is opening doors for you to do that ministry, even if you don't know where the money is coming from, even if you don't get the thanks that is deserved to you, still don't give up because God is opening those doors. Now to finish out Acts chapter 18, what we read today, it says that Paul was... Reasoning in the synagogue every Sabbath while he was living with Priscilla and Aquila and working with them as a tent maker, 
He was in the synagogue every Sabbath, persuading the Jews and the Greeks, obviously, to follow the gospel. But it says that once Silas and Timothy came down from Macedonia, Paul was compelled by the spirit, it says, to testify specifically to the Jews, not to the Greeks, to the Jews, that Jesus was the Christ. So that is exactly what Paul does. He goes into the synagogue and he tells the gospel to the Jews and they opposed him to his face. And not only did they oppose him, but they blasphemed God. So Paul was so angry (laughs) after this, even though the spirit compelled him to do this. Paul was so angry that he told the Jews, he says, your blood is on your own heads. I am clean. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. So maybe the spirit actually compelled Paul to do this so that Paul would focus more on the Gentiles of Corinth because the Jews just did not want to hear it at this point in time. And there is no point to arguing with somebody that just doesn't want to hear it. So Paul now is compelled to speak to the Greeks instead of speaking to the Jews. Instead of going into the synagogue now, he ends up preaching at this guy's house. His name is uh, Justice. And he happened to have a house that was next door to the synagogue. (laughs) So instead of Paul going to the synagogue now to preach to everybody, both Jews and Greeks, he goes now to Justice's house and starts preaching there to whoever wanted to hear. And it says that after this, Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, ended up becoming a Christian. So the the ruler of that synagogue, where Paul had just said, I'm not going to speak to you guys anymore. The ruler of the synagogue ended up becoming saved after Paul left the synagogue and started speaking at Justice's house. And I don't know if it was because now Crispus has had some time to think it over. Maybe he went through the Old Testament laws and and prophets and saw that Jesus was, in fact, the prophesied about Messiah from the Old Testament. Maybe he had time to think about it. I don't know. But after Paul leaves and starts preaching elsewhere, that was when Crispus, the synagogue leader, became a Christian. And it says, not only did Crispus, a very high ranking Jewish person in Corinth become a Christian, but many Corinthians did as well. And this is after it seems like Paul stopped speaking at the synagogue because maybe the synagogue at this point in time, and this is just me spitballing and throwing my own opinion out there. Maybe the synagogue was just not the place that Paul needed to be speaking. So maybe that's why the spirits compelled Paul to speak specifically to the Jews so that the Jews would show their true colors and Paul would end up going and speaking elsewhere where there wouldn't be the same level of strife and Paul could get the message out more clearly to a lot more people. So the church is continuing to grow in Corinth and we are not done in Corinth. (laughs) We're not going to be done in Corinth for a while because Paul obviously is going to stay in Corinth for quite a while. And when we get into the first and second Corinthians, that's all letters to the church in Corinth. So Paul is going to spend a lot of time in Corinth and we'll get into that 
on Thursday. But faithful listeners, if you love this podcast, please consider rating and reviewing the podcast. It's one of the best ways that you can help the podcast to grow, actually. And check out all of the links listed in the description of this podcast episode as well if you would like even more content than what the podcast offers. Faithful listeners, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day and I'll see you tomorrow, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up and listen. Happy listening and God bless.